Presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Good morning, Derek. Today is a chilly start to your Friday. We're now, what, one week from, less than one week from Thanksgiving. And uh, the uh, this will be the last day of school and for uh, another, what, 10 days. So, yep. Yep. wow, fall break is here. Uh, cannot believe it. Uh, really looking forward to that. And we've got a lot of announcements coming up about what our next week will look like. But uh, what have you done since the last taping? Let me ask you a quick question. Somebody mentioned this to me. When it comes to, we used to get out for what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Or yeah, maybe half always, a Wednesday? Yeah. Which is basically what I'm taking from my work this year. Right. So why did we switch to the full week? What they did was they eliminated the three days around fall break, which used to, I think there was a Friday, Monday, Tuesday type thing around Columbus Day uh, or Thursday, Friday, Monday break. And so they take basically took, they still get the Columbus Day, but, or Indigenous People Day, but they other, it's, it's Columbus Day. It's Columbus Day. The other two, other two days that are associated with that are now put for Monday and Tuesday, Thanksgiving week. So they get a full week. That's how okay. they. That's how they did that. Yeah. Okay. If you say so, that's very interesting. How that. I mean, works. That, I mean, again, I didn't. We I don't, didn't. I don't ever remember having no, a fall now, break. We, no, we didn't have fall break. No, there was no fall break back in the eighties and nineties. Um, it was just you got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for Thanksgiving, and you were happy with it. Right. Is it um, because kids nowadays are more stressed than we were? Is that what it is? <laughs> they had more stressful things going on now. Did you say? Did you say stressed or soft? You take it any way I want to. I said, I said stress. Did you hear about the school? I'm sorry to be talking about. Did you hear about the school district in Portland that has now shut down or going back virtual for three weeks? They've gone virtual for three weeks because the emotional struggle for the kids coming back to in-person class was too much. Okay. They've well, gone virtual for three weeks. That's uh, so. That's, that's interesting to hear. Which, yeah. Which, well, that's what I you want to do. That. Yeah. So I heard that. let's go back virtual for three weeks. Basically Thanksgiving. Then you get to Christmas break. So let's give this another try in January. That that's how that kind of rolls and, and works. Does that make any sense at all to go back to virtual and just continue to put? A, one thing they said was it's because they were ha- having a, a rare amount of uh, brawls or fights. Uh, can well, I think I think if you brought you know psychologists and and they would say, hey, look. That's probably because they haven't been around people for Correct. 18 months. And so when you're not around people and you have to, you're, you're used to, and, and again, this generation in a whole, and this is not bashing this generation, it's the, the, you know, the I generation or whatever you want to call it, Generation Z, Millennials, um, that generation, they deal with feuds by words. I mean, they are very sharp with, I mean, if you ever go on Twitter, if you ever go uh, and Instagram or, or keyboards, yeah, it just, well, it's just being like, they're very, um, I think they would be much more witty because they have time to think about their comebacks. And so they can be very biting, extremely biting. I mean, and, and I think us as adults have kind of adapted that too. I see people my age now that are a lot angrier or seem to be a lot more biting than they used to be. So they're able to hide behind the keyboard, be very, you know, have a lot of angst and go after people and stuff like that. So when you're in person, that's what they think. And they, they act out because they don't know how to handle conflict. They have not been around people for eight and 18 months to two years. Plus just their generation of always being behind a phone and Mm -hmm. being able to fight that way and just say nasty things with no repercussions. 
when you say it to somebody's face, there's going to be right. repercussions. I forgot to say it was a middle school. Yeah. It was a middle school. Yeah. So you got quick kids that are 12, 13 years old that are starting to learn how to function anyway, learn how to operate anyway, and they just can't deal with it. I mean, with the fights that we were having in third grade, right. second, third, fourth grade, I mean, they'd be pushing, fighting. Uh, I mean, there'd be a lot of tears, boys and girls, all right. that stuff happening. You know, that is now happening later in life sure. because they just – well, again, for these two years have been just completely just uh, outside the norm anyway. But they're just they're putting that off and putting that off. And then when you actually have to confront somebody, confrontation is not fun. And if you don't know how to have those uh, skills to be able to put down a situation, that's what's going to lead to. So the best way is to go virtual for three more weeks. I, I did not say that. <laughs> did not say that. The best uh, way is to go virtual. And if you're looking for a home in the DeSoto County area to uh, have virtual learning or for anything like that, or virtual tours, if you prefer a virtual tour when it comes to a home, those can be taken care of and provided by our 2021 presenting sponsor. I'm speaking about the top selling real estate team in DeSoto County for over 13 years. That's Team Coucher Birch Realty Group, our 2021 presenting sponsor. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. Now is a great time to list your home in DeSoto County, and they are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. They simply need your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, how long houses are staying on the market, how long until they close. Brian and Terry and their team possess all the analytics that can give you the best information when it comes to buying and selling residential real estate in DeSoto County. That's what comes along with 25,000 closings since 2009. No better real estate team in DeSoto County. So honored to have them as our presenting sponsor. Again, I speak of Brian and Terry and their team at Team Couch. Phone number 662-449-1700 or call Brian's cell phone 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D, or find more information about them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Again, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County for well over a decade. Thank you to our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some of the coolest high-end smokers, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. Give him a call at 912-9947. Find him on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Visit his website, howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to visit the How to Barbecue Right shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive right here in Hernando. We will continue to mention the How to Barbecue Right shop will be hosting Santa Claus December 4th, Saturday, December 4th from 10 a.m. to 1 o'clock. This will be a completely free event. You will leave with a digital picture of your kid and they will have cookies, hot cocoa, and you get an opportunity to visit the How to Barbecue Right shop, the best barbecue shop in DeSoto County, bar none, 496 Whitfield Drive. Thank you to our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right shop. Well, Derek, speaking of thank you, we would like to take a couple of seconds to thank Chip Johnson, Mayor of Hernando, for sitting down with you for about an hour-long interview. That will be the meat of our Tuesday show next week, our Thanksgiving week show. We will obviously not have a show next Friday. Derek and I will be off for Thanksgiving, traveling to Louisiana, traveling to Natchez, so we'll be going out of town. So we will have, if you're planning to travel and want to listen to the UTW podcast as you as you travel, we will have a Tuesday interview with Chip Johnson, uh, Roughly about an hour, Derek. A lot of good information coming. A lot of good information. Uh, be 
obviously the questions. We had about ten questions come from listeners. Uh, we actually threw in two of uh, three questions of our, of our own to kind of start the interview and then lead into the listeners' questions. But a really good interview, a lot of good information. Uh, there's a couple things that he mentions. I don't know how, if it's been mentioned before. So uh, talking about the animal shelter, talking about uh, updates on the stoplights going up 51, um, just and uh, kind of how to petition for stop signs if you if you're looking to do that sort of thing. Okay. So a lot of good information um, on there. Also briefly mentions what's happened in the Alderman meeting uh, this past Tuesday night, which of course we're about to talk about. So he kind of briefly goes over that too and gives us some uh, basic information on the new parks director and the new planning director. So just a really good interview and uh, do appreciate it. He actually mentioned, I uh, believe off air, this is nothing bad we're talking about off the record. He mentioned off air that he listens to our show when he takes trips and that he's looking forward to kind of seeing how he you know, came across. Uh, so, but that's, uh, so I know that a lot of people will be traveling next week. So again, if you're looking for a, a good hour to either uh, kill time or to actually get some information, uh, we would love for you to listen to the UTW podcast. Yeah, and we would prefer you not use the UTW podcast as a way to uh, punish your children as you travel. <laughs> uh, that was something we well, would most definitely... of them have ear pods. They're, 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 <laughs> oh they're, yeah, what are we talking yeah, about? They're, they're yeah. checked out. Yeah, they're, they're, they're watching gone. movies. They're watching yeah. ear pods. They got something, they got air pods, something else going on. So um, who are we joking? I mean, kids don't talk to parents anymore. So. So, well, look, let's visit a little bit about uh, the Alderman meeting that took place this past Tuesday. Derek, you mentioned it being on paper a fairly short meeting. How did it turn out? Uh, it was about a 50-minute meeting. So it, it basically was a short meeting. There was a couple of things that took up the, the meat of the meeting that we'll get to in just a second. But wanted to start off with Dale Bellflower. Uh, actually was added to the agenda as item number seven. So we'll start there because everything else above that was just approving prior meetings, pledge, you know, prayer, that sort of thing. So Mr. Bellflower ran for Alderman this past uh time he did and, and was, was not successful but did run and what did mr dale have to say he's on the uh, veterans committee and so okay. he was part of the veterans day parade yeah, that we great. talked about and covered mm-hmm. uh he actually woke up that morning so this has been tuesday morning and had the idea of basically serving the national guard a christmas lunch i like it uh, and then also to providing their children with gifts mm-hmm. and so they what it is there's about 50 children between the ages of 2 and 13 that belong to national guardsmen here in hernando and so he went to before the board asked the board to serve the meal wow. so whoever could serve the meal so uh, i know that mayor johnson's in the process of writing emails to see who can commit december okay. 11th okay at 10 30 a.m that's exactly right. one month from from veterans day yep. yeah okay. exactly one month so it's december 11th which that would be a saturday they'd be eating as a family yeah, sure and so the, the the children that come up there would all get a gift i know that he's reaching out to local philanthropies in town to help provide you know um for those gifts or maybe money for those gifts. So anyway, so it's a idea he had that morning. He presented it that night. They were, uh, the board was very on board with it, said, hey, look, let us check our schedules. Please yeah. send it out. The mayor's going to do that, commit. So anyway, looking for that. So thank you, Mr. Belfire, for setting that up and for a, a great lunch that will be held at the Armory December 11th at noon uh, that day for them. Mr. Dale is a veteran. He is. Mr. Dale is a veteran, so uh, definitely thank him for his service. And what a neat idea, and, and maybe something that can turn into an annual event. And uh, the city of Fernando can be a blessing to the National Guard, just like they're a blessing to us. The next two things we'll talk about were the, meet, the, the meeting. Uh, the first one is the a new, I guess, minor subdivision going in uh, on the corner of Timber Lane and Robinson Street. Well, if you're going down Robinson, heading west toward the, the soccer fields, then it would be, there's a road that turns right going into Northwood Hills. It's right there at the corner, and you may have seen that it being cleared out. They repaired the ditch there. It's being zoned R12. It is zoned R12. And so there are going to be five lots put in there as a minor subdivision. Lots one through five 
Lot one will be a standalone lot. Lots two and three will share a driveway, and lots four and five will share a driveway. The property, even though with the ditch right there, is not in the floodplain. The shared driveways for two and three and four and five would be included as part of this development, so there will only be basically three access points crossing the ditch in some kind of culvert fashion. Uh, it was approved unanimously by the Planning Commission. They did put on there, the Planning Commission put two caveats. Number one, that lot one um, would have to be approved. The plans would have to be approved because that is the lot that everybody's going to see. It sits on the corner. So they wanted to have basically the architectural approved or, or the kind of where the house would sit approved before they would allow it to be built. And then the other condition they put on there was there's a minor cemetery uh, on these lots. There's five grave sites that sit uh, basically what would be on lot four. And they would ask for a, um, an easement to allow people to be able to go to those grave sites. Uh, we'll come back to that in just a minute. I just want to make sure I put that out there. Uh, the alderman at large, uh, Doc Harris, he wanted to know who was responsible for the ditch. The city is still responsible for the ditch. Uh, it kind of came back that the city would still be responsible. However, there would be a re sidewalk required running the length of those five lots uh, on Timber Lane between the ditch and the, the road. So a very thin sidewall, but very, it has to be very thin sidewall. But it's going to have to be established, whatever the width is required. So there may have to be some dirt brought in, that sort of thing to get that done. Um, and so that, that, you know, they wanted to get on record that that was going to be done. Their gut, curb and gutter will be required. It is a city subdivision. Correct. has to have curb and gutter. Um, and so that was discussed. Everything looked good. They're taking questions. Well, the attorney for the developer, uh, the developer is Mickey Davis. Uh, the attorney was Billy Myers. Billy Myers came up and said, hey, look, you know, we understand it has to have curb and gutter. We understand it has to have a sidewalk. We're all on board on that. He said, but if you're going to look to approve that, we would like to – approve it taking out the two conditions that the planning commission put in he said number one he said it's just a house and in, in no other neighborhood no other subdivision can you say well i mean it has there may be an hoa that says can the city have an opinion of what a house looks right. like yes there may be an h as long as it follows code as long right. as it's not yes. like some wild landish color or something like that sure, that goes against sure. city code you can't really tell someone right. what their house looks like Correct. so he said you know we need to look to remove that and then the other thing he wanted removed was the easement for the cemetery he said look the cemetery's been there the last grave or the last burial was in mm -hmm. 1876 mm -hmm. and they you know there's been no easement to it now there's this you know right. mickey davis has owned this property for a long time the people before that i mean people could wander and see it but sure. there never was an easement given right. there's no this not, is not, not a, a lot of visitors to the uh no yeah no this is a family obviously a family cemetery sure. i believe the last name is vance yeah uh the last name is vance so that anyway I guess the alderman took that in consideration and said, you know what, that's right. I mean, yeah. we can't tell somebody this. And then also to now say, okay, yeah, maybe somebody can come look at these graves, walk through your backyard. That's not necessary. And But the good thing about this, if there's a good thing, is that lot four is where the developer is going to put his personal house. This is what the attorney said on record. And so the, the cemetery that sits out there will actually be in the backyard of the developer. So he'll, make, he'll maintain it. He'll keep it up. But he just didn't want people – you know, trudging through his backyard to come see random grave sites. Yeah, completely understandable. Uh, the city took all that in consideration, approved it unanimously, and so now there is a, uh, a five-lot subdivision. Now, I did not really say if the builder was going to build those houses to rent or for rent, build them to sell, or just sell the lots themselves. That's you know remains to be uh, seen how he handles that going forward. 
The next item on the agenda was the cluster mailboxes. Um, now, we put on there, we didn't know if there was going to be complaints about it or you know, why it was being on there. Well, it was being put on the agenda because we didn't have codes for cluster mailboxes. The newest subdivisions in town, the newest phases, Montclair being one of them, now are starting to have to put up cluster mailboxes. Well, those that were put up were basically metal sitting on concrete. I believe Alderman Ward 1, uh, Natalie Lynch, was concerned, hey, we probably need to have some kind of standards because they can literally throw up anything because we don't have a code. So what this was doing was basically putting into code what uh, these cluster mailboxes have to look like in the city of Hernando going forward. And so anything from now on that is to be built will be have to look of the same style, the brick, with a, it has to have a roof of some sort. Um, it looked very nice. Plus, uh, they will have to designate where in the subdivision they're going to go. So when a subdivision plan comes before the planning commission and comes before the city now, it has to state specifically what the mailboxes will look like and where in the subdivision they're going to go. Let's make sure everyone that's listening understands the federal government, the U.S. Postal Service, right. they're the ones saying this has to happen now. If you're going to build a, a neighborhood of a certain size, a certain number of homes, we're not going to do the old-fashioned every house has a mailbox. We're going to do it this way. So all Natalie thought of was like, hey, if this is going to be the case, we've got to set some standards and set some things so the, the neighborhoods that are coming in you know, can't throw up a, a hunk of junk. You know, right. that's, that's the goal. So it's not the, the post office is telling everybody across the country how that's to right. do stuff, that they have to do things. We're just simply jumping, jumping on this and saying, all right, well, we want ours to look a certain way, be a certain way. I think they're already doing them out in Germantown and Carryville. Oh, they're already, doing yeah. them everywhere. I mean, yeah. the, I mean I, I've, um, there's a subdivision in Oxford right now being built that has them at the beginning right gotcha. and so it's just the post office is doing that to cut costs yeah, I and mean, we course. know about the cut the, the cost savings so now instead of spending hours going from mailbox to mailbox they literally put to a neighborhood they dump in a hundred pieces of mail into a hundred different mailboxes and they move to the next neighborhood and they're done are you saying maybe the um postal trucks aren't the most efficient thing Not ever exactly. created well i mean i mean look at it and it depends on mm. who's in mm. <laughs> it depends on who's in office and that sort of thing not only does it cut up you know Obviously, much more efficient to do it this sure, way. Yeah. Cuts down on pollution. Of course. I mean, they're running on diesel. I mean, you've heard those things. So they're, they're driving back and forth. And so they're cutting down on pollution, maybe hire less people, which, yeah. you know, at, at this time, that might be a good thing because there's so many job openings. I don't know. Um, so there's a lot of efficiencies that come from this. But each city has to set their own standards of what they look like. Right. And so we're Hernando have finally done it. Now, the ones that are already out there are grandfathered in, just like usually everything is when something new is put into place. But if the ones that are currently out there are destroyed by storm or hit by a car or anything like that, um, when they're rebuilt, they have to be rebuilt to the new standards. So just mm. like if you were to buy a new building or if a building transfers, if something was grandfathered at the end of that building, the new owner has to bring it up to code. Same thing. If something happens to the, the old mailboxes, they would have to be brought up to, to the new code. So anyway, I think it's very good. I, I think it's a great thing. To, you want the you want a uniform look to your mailboxes throughout the city. You want it to be nice. And so that's what the city has done. And now it is part of the uh, the city city code. Uh, next, the um, a couple just a couple more things. Uh, they are selling. This is something that we thought was pretty cool. We always hear about other cities helping each other out like we you know we got a bridge from south haven when we put the uh the walking trail in at renaissance park we got some uh used stands like you know um uh, seats bleachers bleachers from city of south haven that we're putting down at the ball fields so those are all great well we're now helping out another city uh we're selling cold water surplus vehicles uh to help them out they're, they're in the yeah. need of vehicles we had some surplus ones cold water is not doing as well as hernando's doing and so we were able to sell them at, at below cost 
which is allowed uh, by state law from city to municipality to municipality to try to help another one out, sure. which I thought was a great thing. So just a comment yes. on that. Cities of our size should always, that, that should be the first thing we do with a police, a police car or an ambulance or something is, yeah. is exactly what you just yeah, said. Or kind of like the mayor's old car or right. anything like that. So it should absolutely be offered to other cities before they're just put right. out to auction. The next one is director of parks. So uh, we mentioned this on Tuesday. Uh, their own the agenda was the hiring uh, of the director of the new director of the city parks. Okay. Uh, we did find so a little Hernando bit. So Hernando has a new parks director effective what? Probably effective, first, effective two weeks uh, from Tuesday. Uh, actually from Wednesday because the first week of December. Us, said he, uh, he actually gave us notice on Wednesday. Great. So when we were interviewing the mayor, we, he talked, the mayor said, hey, look, he's actually putting his notice today. So, um, you know, it'll go in with two weeks. So right at the, December 1st-ish will awesome. be his first day uh, of work, which is great. It kind of works out nicely. Uh, but also I think that's great that they are allowing him to give us two weeks' notice to come in. I won't say too much else about it because the mayor goes pretty – as much detail as we know about him sure. – um, into, into the interview on Tuesday, so kind of a little teaser there. So if you want to hear more about kind of his resume, what they thought about him, uh, where he comes from, please tune in on to our Tuesday show to hear the discussion of the new parks director for the city of Hernando. His name again? Jared Barkley is his name. So again, uh, please tune in to the Tuesday show to hear about Jared Barkley's uh, new hiring as a city parks director. The last thing they talked about, this was something I did not mention on Tuesday. And in fact, I was getting ready to kind of, you know, shut off the Alderman meeting that I was watching live. And But they started talking about cable TV franchise fees. So AT&T uh, had kind of an exclusive uh, contract with the city to provide the cable TV wires to a running throughout the city and this was done years ago well we know that ceasefire was allowed to come in yeah i think everybody's aware of that from the amount of digging they did over the last couple summers uh being put in well now at&t's is coming up ceasefire is also now asking to have a a long-term one put in place and at&t matt was only uh i think that we were getting paid five thousand dollars a year Mm. for the at&t franchise fee and so they are looking to and I think that number's right, but it's a very low number. And they're looking to come in and say, hey, you know what? I don't think we're getting as much as we could from these franchise fees. I like that. And so they're hiring a, uh, a, a group, the group that, I guess, met with AT&T years ago to set up the first contract, did a good job. And again, at the time, we were not as big. Nope. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, now, bringing them back in and saying, hey, look, let's look at this. Does this contract look right? This is what AT&T is proposing. How does that look compared to what, maybe what you see elsewhere? Could we be getting more money? Also, C Spire wants to tie in. What do we do for C Spire? And so, depending on how much, I guess, increase we can get, because it is going to cost a minimum of 5000 and a maximum of $10,000 to hire this group to do this. So, we hope to make more than that off sure. of the contract. Uh, but that's kind of what they're looking for. And a really good discussion. Just uh, So, if you're interested in that, right at the end of the meeting, last 10 minutes of the meeting, go to the last 10 minutes and kind of listen to the talk about uh, getting the, these uh, fees for these services and are we strict enough on what they're allowed to do, their easements, all that stuff, plus are they paying us enough? So, again, they did approve to hire this firm to sit down to look through the contracts, make a recommendations to kind of counter back and forth. Now, AT&T is, will expire, or maybe it just has expired. So we're basically working on a month-to-month right now already until this is done, and the mayor thinks it would take probably two to three months to, you know, to 
get with this group, get the recommendations, and get back with them. I would venture to say that this group uh, that we've hired to work with, I mean, they're, they have one goal, and that's to work for us and, and mm-hmm. maximize what they can do. And like you just mentioned, uh, we're getting $5,000 a year, and it may cost us anywhere from five to ten to work with them. So I would venture to say they're going to work really hard to dig through things and say, hey, we think you can demand this from AT&T and then C Spire and stuff. And I love the idea. I mean, it, like you said, we're not the same city we were five years ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago. We need to be maximizing rental and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, that's just another revenue stream that we can get for the city to put toward you know needs that we have. Couldn't agree more. I don't know if you know this, Derek. Well, you you visited my family hometown. We have a tower on our family land, and it was the first tower for um, cell phones, cable TV, all that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know what my dad got paid, but we had cable TV for free all, <laughs> as I was growing up. So I was able to watch movie channels and Showtimes and, and, and HBO, all those things growing up, late 70s, early 80s or whatever. So, um, you know, very interesting little, little tidbit there. Well, thank you to the Board of Aldermen, to the mayor, to the city clerk, to the city attorney, everybody that has to be there every uh, other Tuesday. We definitely, definitely appreciate you serving the city for sure. Well, let's talk about one thing, something that came out Monday. We typically don't talk about what happens with the superintendent meetings here in DeSoto County, but uh, something that affects all of us because we enjoy traveling to South Haven, whether it be for a concert or a basketball game or soccer match or something like that. I'm speaking about Lander Center right there at Church Road in 55. The uh, Lander Center has been a part of DeSoto County for such a long time, and most people, some people don't even know, the Lander Center is actually owned by the DeSoto County superintendents or that group or whatever. That's kind of how it works. And they had a really neat announcement that they talked about on Monday. Derek, tell us about what's coming to the Lander Center over the next few years. Matt, you're right. The, the Civic Center is owned by the county. Uh, yeah. It is owned by the county, but it's run by the CVB. Uh, you know, that's kind of who, who manages it for the county. But the CVB cannot raise money. Uh, they have to look to the Board of Supervisors to try to get improvements, anything you know, along that nature. Well, on Monday, the DeSoto County Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to issue $35 million in bonds to finance the expansion of the Lander Center. Mm-hmm. This expansion, now the plans are online if you want to go see it. The expansion is going to in, uh, include a luxury brand, uh, and that was billed as a four- or five-star brand, six-story hotel, freestanding restaurant, and the addition of more than 70,000 square feet of convention and uh, event space. Now, this hotel will have about at least 200 guest rooms, a resort-style pool, and the restaurant that was mentioned. Uh, This comes about because... South Haven has been passed. A lot of what the car shows, uh, all these, you know, maybe like, and I'm not saying Comic-Con, but those type of larger uh, shows that come to Jackson, that have come to the Memphis downtown, uh, they look at South Haven. They're interested in South Haven because it's very easy to get to. It's just off the interstate. It's got high visibility. And compared to Memphis, the crime is less. Absolutely. And so they look at these things. However, we're not we're not large enough right now. I think right now they have, we have about seventeen thousand square foot of space. Uh, if you kind of you know tied all those rooms that were inside the uh, Lander Center together, and they need as a, you know they're looking for more than seventy, uh, really more than fifty is what you need to start attracting those larger shows. And so right now they're passing us going to Jackson, going to the Gulf Coast to the to the casino convention centers and that sort of thing. So this is something that the mayor of South Haven, Muscle White, has been working on for he said at least three years, mm. talking with the city about getting this done. Uh, the Lander Center is the perfect spot because it's already there. Yep. Uh, no need to try to build something somewhere else. That's kind of what they're looking for. Now, they said that the tourism industry is expected to rebound and reach pre-pandemic levels by 2023. Nice. Uh, this would be starting next summer. So they are looking to start, this, start next summer. Start next summer. The and then they have, they plan to be a 24-month build. So, you know, if they're thinking that it's going to be, you know, back to where it was by 2023, this will be finished a year later in summer of 2024. Uh, and so – 
a couple of uh, stats to throw in there. It says that the um, average events would go from 361 events a year, which it is right now. That includes, of course, plays, sure. monster truck shows. Uh, they have soccer. They have basketball. So all that right now, we're at 361 events a year. This would take it to about 577 events a year. Uh, the number of attending days would grow from 316,000 to 650,000 with more and bigger events. So that's, and then that's the number of people attending. And then the number of room nights in the city of South Haven would go from 21,700 to 84,600 uh, with this development coming in. So just a huge, huge economic driver coming in that could be used to sell to these larger events that are going nationwide. The total cost is going to be around $50 million. Uh, the county is kicking in $35 million. Uh, other ones will come from different, you know, be looking for different other sources to provide the remaining $15 million. Uh, and they expect it to be a total economic benefit to DeSoto County of about $45 million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, one year you make your money back uh, and will create 662 full-time jobs uh, in and around that area. So just a, this is a great announcement. Uh, I know some people are like, okay, great. Now I I'll never be able to get off Church Road Exit. I would imagine that there will be you know uh, improvements to that part of the interstate, improvement to the roads that come in off of 51. You know this is coming. Why would you want the money to go to Memphis? Why would you want it to go to Jackson? Keep it in DeSoto County. Watch it grow. And hopefully by the summer of 2024, we'll see that happen. If anybody's complaining about the last three minutes of this show, what you just described, (laughs) I probably will not get along with them. Um, Just an awesome thing. I mean, Derek, you just came back from Nashville. The Nashville is booming at at a record level. It's unbelievable. One of the biggest things that's happened in Nashville in the last 10 years is their commitment to a convention center. That's right next to the Bridgestone Arena. Beautiful. It's right next to the Country Music Hall of Fame. But the thing right there where you can look up and have, I mean, just a number of different things. So if if someone is passing by South Haven and DeSoto County and our hotels and our stuff, and they're passing by us to go somewhere else, we're like, wait. Have you ever been to Jackson? Why would you go to Jackson, Mississippi versus us? This puts a stop to that. This at least puts us more on par. I mean, the Lander Center uh, is very close to Hernando. It's, it's you know, Hernando people go. I'm going to a concert there uh, in December. Looking forward to that. And uh, it's a really a night. You know, the Lander Center, I think roughly around 20 years old, but it's a good place to see a show. Only holds about 9,500. So it's a really nice place to see a show. So uh, really excited about it. The um, the project sounds awesome. Mayor Musselwhite seems to jump right into things where if someone's passing by South Haven, he asks why, he listens to what they say, and addresses it. So pretty neat uh, situation there. Really, really excited about this project. And uh, congratulations to the entire uh, DeSoto County uh, should this come, you know, should this happen. And really, really look forward to, Derek, you and I talk all the time about our kids possibly moving back, living in this area in the next five to ten years, 15 years. And these are the kind of things that they're going to be looking for, period. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, th- there's a reason that – you're not living in your hometown. There's a reason I'm not living in my hometown. Right. And so we, you know, if the kids, we would love to have our kids close to us as they get older, watch our grandkids grow and stuff like this just helps them, you know, keeps it in their mind. Hey, DeSoto County might not be that bad of a place. Is this the time to talk about my psycho ex-girlfriend <laughs> in high school? <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> if that's what you want to do. No, I'd rather talk about our wonderful sponsors. We'll start with Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider. They are located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. 
please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information about them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. The secret is out. North Point Christian is DeSoto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. North Point will be hosting their next open house Tuesday, December 7th at 6 p.m. Again, Tuesday, December 7th at 6 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. If you're interested in advertising with the UTW podcast, uh, maybe starting in 2022, January would be a really good time to start. Uh, we have three and six month and annual uh, agreements, annual projects uh, when it comes to advertising with us. If you're interested in that, please email us under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. We certainly appreciate our sponsors and we continue to ask that you support our local people that work with us and continue to, uh, you know, frequent their businesses uh, that have invested in the UTW podcast. Well, Derek, speaking of investing, we would like to spend a few minutes investing in the city of Fernando, in the uh, nonprofits, the things, the wonderful things we have going on here in the city that we talk about every Friday. And I'm speaking about the DeSoto County shout outs. So we're going to go in order here. Let's talk real fast about the parade. The uh, Chamber of Commerce puts on the annual Christmas parade is back this year. Just a wonderful uh, I mean, there's no better holiday parade than our parade right here uh, in the city of Fernando. If you are interested in participating in the parade, whether it be a church group or your football team or uh, your Jeep or whatever you want to put through there, contact the Chamber of Commerce. You can find their phone number uh, on their Facebook page, the Hernando Main Street Chamber of Commerce, uh, for the parade coming up. Again, if there's a better holiday parade in North Mississippi, I'd like to see it. But it's just such a wonderful event. I'm really, really glad it's back. Coming up Monday, December 6th. And again, Derek, the uh, big man will be here. He will be here. Big man will be here. Big man will be here. He finishes the parade every year. Um, So really, really looking forward to that. Next up, oh, he's back in town again. I'm noticing a theme here on our December shout-outs. Tell us about the Hernando Parks and Rec Department's Cookies with Santa. Uh, Matt, the Cookies with Santa this year is going to be on Sunday, December 12th. From 2 to 5 p.m. Now, this is something the mayor also talks about at the end of the interview. You will hear that on Tuesday also. But Sunday, December 12th, from 2 to 5 p.m., uh, Cookies with Santa held at the Gale Center. It is sponsored by the Optimist Club of Hernando. The admissions is $3 for adults and free admission for kids under 12. So, again, $3 for anybody over 12, uh, under 12, you're free. Uh, this is uh, sponsored by, again, the Optimus Club is, is allowing that to happen. Uh, just a, a great thing to come in to see Santa, sit with him, take pictures, have cookies, have some punch, some cider, some hot chocolate, uh, and just another day for him. Again, he's, he's busy. I mean, he is solidly booked, solidly booked in the month of December. So, back-to-back. So, basically, a Monday, coming back on the Sunday uh, from the parade. And then, uh, Matt, there's a, uh, another time he's going to be visiting us the next weekend. Yeah. I would probably say it may be his last trip to Hernando before the actual uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, we're speaking, of course, of the Santa Claus Caravan put on every year by the crew of Fernando. Derek, what uh, number 
Caravan is this. This will be number 11, 11th annual. The 11th annual. Man, I can't believe it's been 11 years. The Santa Claus Caravan will be taking place the Saturday before Christmas Day. Obviously, everybody knows Christmas Day, or most people do, is on, of course, the 25th, but it's on Saturday the 25th. So the weekend before, Saturday, December 18th, Santa Claus will be in town. He will be uh, caravanning all throughout town. You know, number of different neighborhoods, just multiple miles. Uh, starts around 9 o'clock in the morning. The Crew of Fernando, the local men's charity that has raised thousands of dollars and, and definitely, you know, been a big part of Fernando for the last decade, uh, leads him through. And uh, we travel through the neighborhoods, uh, collecting different gifts and stuff like that. So multiple neighborhoods. Actually, we've added a couple of na- neighborhoods this year. We so have. listeners may want to pay attention to that, Derek. And uh, Santa Claus is typically on the fire truck because he's getting his sleighs, getting ready, getting everything right. going, changing the oil, changing the uh, I guess what magic cocoa or some kind of stuff like that. Getting that. Well, going. He has that like that little booster rocket too. Exactly. Like on, on, yeah. uh, Elf. Fantastic yep. movie. Uh, so just a great day. Uh, it takes about three hours. Uh, the, the loop will be about three hours. So again, I cannot stress this enough. We're going to stress this every Friday between now and the 18th of December is please, please, please get outside. If you hear sirens, if you hear you know, horns, it's not, we're not a funeral. You'll hear music uh, too. We you'll hear music. music. We're not a funeral. Uh, they'll be waving. They'll be cheering. They'll be, you know, honking of horns. Uh, this is a this is Santa Claus. Basically, we're telling the, the city of Hernando, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we do. Merry uh, Christmas. The crew adopts families each year. And so we're saying thank you to the neighborhoods for adopting these families and wishing everybody that we see along the roadways and in the neighborhoods Merry Christmas. So please come out. Candy will be thrown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be, and again, if there's enough, if there's an area that has enough kids stopped and gathered, I'm not saying Santa won't come calm down from the uh, the fire truck. He and has, get before. A picture of him. He has, he has before. before. So anyway, hey, let me ask you: if this is 11th annual, so we're roughly eight nine families a year. I mean, this is probably pushing a hundred families that we would have done over the last decade. That is so correct. I know this is something that was really important to you because they do something like this in Natchez. So it's something you wanted to start from the jump, and uh, you know. Thank you for that. I know how hard you work on it. And, and again, 100 families to have a Christmas that, um, I mean, we've talked about it before. Most most of our families that we raise money for, we give gifts for, um, we really try and give them what they ask for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and really just, I mean, it's just such a, we're, we're blessed uh, to live in Hernando and the neighborhoods and different stuff that help us out. Uh, just such a blessing. Um, it, it's just awesome. So congratulations on that on 11 years. And we also want to give a quick shout-out also to the Women's Club. Yes. Uh, they do help us with this. Uh, they do uh, help provide for the family. So we also want to say thank you uh, to them for um, their help and helping make a family's Christmas come true. Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about that over the next uh, few weeks as we get closer to the Santa Claus Caravan. We get closer to Christmas, so we really, really uh, – you can't – say it enough uh, such a wonderful town we live in city of fernando we really really appreciate all the support that you've given the crew of fernando for the last 11 years uh, this is one of our biggest events and we really really appreciate uh, you buying in well derek speaking of buying in and making an investment a lot of people are making an investment in their yard with green king matt that's right since 2001 green king spray services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush healthy weed-free outdoor living spaces They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. 
DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, implants, implant-supported dentures, Invisalign, and general dentistry. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital x-rays, autoclave sterilization, and digital intraoral cameras. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create an environment to provide you with a relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or call them 429-5239. That's 429-5239. Visit their office today to see the DFDC difference. Derek, one of the things I noticed on our, our trip in the or early this morning to the uh, How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios is the amount of leaves. It is absolutely <laughs> tremendous. Covered. We are definitely in leaf falling season, which means they are absolutely everywhere. Every gutter, every rooftop, I mean, they are absolutely everywhere. And if you want help with your leaves this fall, you want to reach out to our next sponsor. That's Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. They specialize in leaf removal. They have multiple trailers. They can come out and look at your yard. They can come out and give you an estimate, give you a price. No yard is too small. No yard is too large when it comes to leaf removal. Richard and his team are ready to help. They also specialize in tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, gate construction, anything on the outside of your home that you can think of that you need help with, call Richard at 662-292-8855. That's 292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. He is ready to take your call with anything you need on the outside of your home or outside of your business. And fall time, it's a perfect time to jump on a home improvement project or something like that on the outside and uh, turn it over to somebody that knows what they're doing. No, I completely agree, and yeah, I mean, walking up my yard this morning, it was like, oh man, this is uh, there's a lot, a lot of work. Might have to give William Services a call. I was watching a couple of guys, uh, not William Services, but I was watching a couple of guys blow leaves at the Bank Plus yesterday, Mm -hmm. and I'm not joking. It literally looked like they didn't do anything when they were done. (laughs) I mean, I felt bad for them. They're sitting there with the you know leaf blowers, you know, whatever. We both have like larger trees in our backyard. It's one of those things like you look up, you're like. Oh, no, no, we got two or three more weeks before I'm even thinking about mulching or cutting or raking because there's still a lot left to fall. Oh, it's absolutely unbelievable. And if you're looking for help, again, call Richard, 662-292-8855. Well, Derek, um, the teams that we cover, North Point Christian, Lewisburg High School, and the Hernando Tigers are done with football season. Done with football. Done with football. So it is a kind of short sports section right now. Done with football. However, uh, if you care about DeSoto County and you'd like to say a prayer for some of the players uh, from South Haven, they will be traveling, making the same trip that Hernando made this, pa- uh, this past week down to Starkville to take on the Starkville Yellow Jackets. Um, I will simply say from the UTW podcast, South Haven, I want to say good luck. Good luck. I am going to pick Starkville to beat South Haven. I think South Haven's season will end this week because Starkville, uh, again, may be a 6A champion. Yeah, we've got four teams left in the north. Uh, you've got Madison Central playing Oxford and you have South Haven playing Starkville. And, I, you know, those are four tough teams. I'm going to say of those four, I would say South Haven's probably the fourth out of those four Correct, just yeah. based on 
talent, what we've kind of watched follow this year, uh, I do expect Starkville to win tonight. Uh, I do. You know, Madison Central just beat Oxford by about 40 the last game of the season. I do expect that game to be a little bit closer. It was closer than 40, though. Was it, was it closer <laughs> than 40? No. 40 points is 40 points. Yeah, it was I'm like sorry. 48 to 7 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's a beat um, Anyway, but I, I do think that Madison Central will win, uh, and I think that you're looking – I know a lot of people want the oxford Startville rematch, yeah. uh, but I do think it's going to be a Madison Central Startville uh, North half final. As we come back from Thanksgiving, Derek and I are, are working on – you know, we'll have a little bit more basketball coverage. We'll start to talk about those things. Uh, we may even talk a little bit about soccer. Your son plays soccer. Wilson plays soccer. Um, so we have a lot of the listeners, uh, kids – play soccer for sure so we may venture in a little bit lewisburg has really good soccer north point does for sure um so we'll start talking more about basketball a little bit of soccer the winter sports coming up but uh such a privilege to uh, have have covered these schools uh during football and uh, wish these uh, young people um success as they move into i know a lot of the bands are moving into mm-hmm. indoor concert season and stuff like that so we always want to shine a light on the uh, young people here in hernando definitely under the water tower that call this place hernando home so we really really appreciate the year yeah, and, and we'll be starting the basketball coverage uh, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So, remember, next week we have one show. Uh, the mayor's interview will be the meat of it. We will have our fact of the week. Uh, any other you know, brief news, if this is a large news, we'll absolutely mention it. But really, it's going to be the fact of the week, the mayor's interview, heading us into Thanksgiving. We're off next Friday. And then the Tuesday that we come back, we will start looking at the boys' and girls' basketball uh, season so far, kind of update you on the records, and then cover those, you know, watch those going forward. I think I asked you this before, but I'll ask you again for people that maybe have picked the show up lately. On Thanksgiving, do you allow yourself – do you give yourself a few extra calories on Thanksgiving? Matt, uh, we'll have uh, – we have several choices of turkey, turducken, um, okay. stuff of that nature. Uh, I usually like to get a little spaghetti. Do you all fry uh, your turkey or you bake it? Um, there usually is a fried turkey. The, right. the main one is baked. Uh, and then, of course, the, tur- the turducken is baked. Um, the thing I love, though, Matt, is um, cannot turn down a sweet potato casserole. Uh, that basically is my dessert. There you go. Uh, I'll, now I, I will agree with sweet potato casserole being a dessert. I'm, I mean, I'm like I will that. have, a, I'll have the you know some green beans and I'll have some deviled eggs and I'll have some turkey and I'll, that's all be on my plate. Right. But when it comes to sweet potato casserole, especially if it has like marshmallows that have seeped and melted down in there, marshmallows and got the little uh, brown pecans? sugar pecans uh, on top. Yeah, yeah but that's will, a dessert. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I will literally say, okay, separate plate for that. Yes, Let me get that. I will not even look at the dessert table because I love. That's awesome. Traveling down to Natchez. Natchez. Is uh, is your brother and sister coming in? Everybody's coming in. Awesome. They will not all be in for Christmas, but they will all be in for Thanksgiving. It's kind of a mini family reunion. That's awesome. Uh, So, really looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. Well, we'll definitely say a prayer for that. Safe travels. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we uh, enter into our Tuesday show. Again, the mayor uh, interview will be the meat of our Tuesday show. So, we appreciate again Chip Johnson sitting down with us. He's uh, trying to do that about every three months to update us on the different things. Can't wait to hear more about the parks director and the planning department director that have been hired recently. Big hires here in the city of Fernando. Look, if you enjoy our show, we really appreciate it. Find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, Instagram at UTW Podcast, Twitter, UTW Pod. If you enjoy what you hear, share it. Share it with friends and family. Share it on Hernando Happenings. Share it on Facebook, anywhere you can. Share, share, share the UTW Podcast. Wherever you listen to our show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star review so we can continue to move up on the rankings when it comes to local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, please look up OB Pod. It simply stands for Olive Branch. They cover the eastern side of DeSoto County, Center Hill, Lewisburg, and Olive Branch. OB Pod. Look them up.
On our Friday show, we always finish by encouraging you to visit whatever church you'd like to visit. If you're continuing to pass by a church and you keep thinking to yourself, hey, I really want to stop by there. I want to go there on Sunday. Look up their service times. Find out when they're going to be open on Sunday for a worship service. And please, please, please consider attending. We, we definitely feel like you'll enjoy it. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town He's making a list, checking it twice Gonna find out who's naughty and nice Santa Claus is coming to town